All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Oh, I think it's uh, safe to say that Vegas got the best of those of us who are on the nation vacation. But guess what? The Oilers got the best of the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's get into it with the lead. No, but in all seriousness, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Um, The Oilers win in Vegas. They take three of four on their road trip through and down the West Coast. And now we kind of have a different view of this hockey team. A very impressive win on Saturday night. Um, As you can tell, my voice is definitely not all there. So you know who I'm going to be leaning on? You know who's going to be my big MVP today on the show? It's going to be my good friend, Liam Horobin. Uh, how are you doing, big guy? You doing, you're good? Get your solid six hours I, of sleep? I'm good. I feel like my body has been deprived of health, but I am ready to, to reboot for the entire week after a, a good, good Oilers week. If they can come back after that game on Monday against the Kings, we can come back after a Vegas weekend, Tyler. Yeah, uh, fair enough, buddy. There you go. We got to channel our inner Edmonton Oilers and grind our way through this show. Uh, we start things with some news. Alex Nedeljkovich cleared waivers for the Detroit Red Wings. So again, twice now in a matter of what, 10 days, the Wings have managed to slide a pretty good young player through the waiver wire and perhaps more notably, no new players on waivers today. That's interesting considering what we saw at Oilers practice earlier today 
as well, but we'll touch on that in just a little bit. This is Oilers Nation every day coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. Boy, does it ever feel good to be back at home inside the comfort of the Sports Closet Studio. Check them out, sportscloset.ca. And you know what? As Clem Costin starts scoring goals, they're going to have to get more and more 21 jerseys in stock, whether it's the Short Park location, the St. Albert location, or Kingsway Mall. Go check them out. Um, the YouTube chat is alive and well. First comment today goes to Deskra, who gave us a preemptive thumbs up. Rusty is in, says, I bit the bullet, got Oilers Plus. It's really interesting. I've never watched a practice before. It was cool to see ads. You can tell they're working on D-Zone breakouts. Chris Walkling, I'm now two and two on attending Oilers games and them winning. You should probably keep going then. I'm now contemplating on going every game to secure a 40 game win streak. Why not? Start a GoFundMe. Uh, anyways, Sergeant Battles in as well. Says, why did I decide to go to work this morning after getting home from Vegas? This was a terrible idea. And then he said he's three Gatorades in since this morning. That is a fantastic call. I'm probably going to fire up a couple of those when I drive into the office today. Um, but Liam, it was an impressive victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's get into things with our three big things brought to you by Montana's. Tonight, it's Monday. You know what I'm not doing? I'm definitely not cooking today. Uh, I might be hitting up Half Price Wing Night over at Montana's every Monday. It's a part of them bringing back the viewing party this season, and it's a part of their fantastic lineup of daily deals. You can check it out, montanas.ca, to find a location near you. Liam, three big things brought to you by Montana's. Number one, this one has actually been a big thing a couple of straight games. It's a fact you always just keep getting depth scoring. They score four times against the Vegas Golden Knights. All four of them came at five on five as well, which I thought was, again, just, just added to why that win was so impressive. But the third line also scored and provided half the offense in this one with both Matthias Janmark and Clem Costin finding the back of the net. Clem Costin, again, he just, he can't stop, won't stop. And Matthias Janmark at a moment when Evander Kane could be coming back and some people were wondering, hey, is he going to be the odd man out? Could he be going on waivers? Well, I think he probably cemented his spot in this lineup going forward. The depth scoring won them that hockey game. Even if Leon Dreisaitl had two goals, the difference was the depth. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, there was a stat too swirling around. After in the last nine games, Clem Carson has more goals than Connor McDavid, which is just hilarious to really think about, to be honest. But yeah, overall, like. The depth showed up for this team. And like you said, the last few games, it's really shown up. Like Puyavi got a goal the other night against San Jose too. Yep. Anaheim, they did really well. And then even the LA game, like Yamamoto and McLeod both chipped in with goals as well. So this whole road trip has kind of been, it's kind of been a storyline for it. Like it's shown up and yeah. yeah, now the Oilers have got a difficult decision to make when Kane is back. It sounds like he's on the ice today. So what are they going to do now? Because guys have, guys have performed, like we've mentioned, Warren Fogle. And to his credit, he played decently well on Saturday, I thought, against Vegas. It's one of his better games. But also, maybe that's just a product of how under par he's been recently. And, you know, showed up, did a half-decent game, and now he looks good. Again, I'm not sure. But, yeah, overall, the depth scoring is something that just needs to continue for this team to have success. 
Yeah, Warren Fogle finished with a shot, a hit, a block, a takeaway, but he was dash one in just over 13 minutes of ice time. But it felt like you're right. Maybe Jay Woodcroft wanted to get him going a little bit in that hockey game. Um, it's it's that third line, though. Like That just continues to be such a dominant storyline for this hockey team. And again, Evander Kane coming back is going to force Jay Woodcroft to reshuffle some things here and there. Um, but I... I don't know. I just, I really don't. We're, we'll touch on that. I'm going to table it because I really don't want to get into the lineup talk yet. I want to keep focusing on that game against Vegas. Uh, there was a comment in here that was a little tongue in cheek from Scott Aroni, who says, has Skinner's baby been the best gift for Jack Campbell? And three starts on that road trip for Jack and Soupy showed up with three performances of 900 or better. And that is something. Uh, he played good. There were a couple goals mixed in there that like I didn't love. I, I thought that first one is pretty much actually the one I'm talking about with the Vegas Golden Knights where he was flopping around. I thought he had a couple of moments where if he was a little bit more athletic, he probably could have gotten back up to his feet, gotten back into position, and that goal doesn't get banked in off him. The last goal was a classic thing of him keeping his hands too low again. I know there was a screen, but you can look around a screen sometimes. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't love that third performance, but let's put it into the, the proper context now. This guy won two straight games for you. He had to play on back-to-back -back games as well. And again, it was three straight games of 900 or better. And at this point, you just, you can't ask for anything more than Jack Campbell. Giving up four goals against in two games when you start on back-to-back -back nights is really, really impressive. And it's great to see him starting to turn it around. And I do think Liam will see a bit more of a rotation coming in down the stretch here. Yeah, like, I guess this is kind of what we thought the season would be with Campbell and Skinner, like the two of them just challenging challenging each other back and forth. And now we're finally seeing that from Campbell. Like, he played well against Vegas, and like you said, and then San Jose and Anaheim, too, put in two good performances. And then even when you look back a little bit further, like the Winnipeg start you got on New Year's Eve was, was strong to an extent, too. So, yeah, hopefully this is just a sign of things to come for him. And he's making, like, big saves, too, now. Like, he's not just, yeah. like, making soft saves here and there. He had that big one against San Jose. And so, yeah, hopefully this is just kind of a sign of things to come. And we'll see. I'm assuming Skinner would get the start on Tuesday. But then after that, like, it's probably back and forth, I would guess, because the schedule gets a little bit softer, I believe, after the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. And again, this is this is a love segment for Jack Campbell. They don't beat mm -hmm. Vegas if he doesn't make 29 saves or whatever it ended up being, 26, 27 saves. Like, he was good in that game. He made some big saves down the stretch. And now it's a matter of how do they continue to split up that workload going forward. The report from Oilers practice today was that uh, Stuart Skinner was in the starters crease for that hockey game or for the practice. I, I wonder about it because, again, he hasn't played now in a while. And it's not like he wasn't playing. He was away from the team, right? He wasn't practicing. And there was a tweet from Rashog that said Skinner was out just getting a lot of extra work in after the team was kind of done practice. So, I don't know. Maybe they think he's ready to go and you want to start him in a big game against Seattle. But I also, like, wouldn't be totally against going back to Jack Campbell at this point. Again, just considering how well he mm. played in those three games, Liam. Yeah, he, like he's definitely earned the opportunity now to to lock in him in that conversation of like, well, he can win us that game in a massive divisional game too. So, yeah, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it as well as like they're both in the conversation. Do you want like these next two games are both difficult ones? Campbell's already beat Tampa Bay, so maybe you look at it like that too. I'm not sure, but yeah, like, it's a good it's a good problem that the Oilers have in their hands right now. No doubt about that. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, and actually, I like that point you made about Campbell already having beaten Tampa Bay because you look at the upcoming schedule here for the Oilers as they are finally back on home ice after a week on the road. It's Seattle on Tuesday. Okay, Skinner did get yanked last time out against the Seattle Kraken, but maybe you want to give him that redemption. And then, yeah, you got the game on Thursday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Jack Campbell's played well against the Tampa Bay Lightning this season when they met just over a month ago. That was one of his first good performances of the season was against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So maybe you want to, you know, go on Jack four straight. Maybe isn't the best move. Give him a couple of days off. He hasn't had to handle that kind of a workload yet this season. So you go stew on Tuesday to get him back in the swing of things because that is the other side of the argument here, right? Is if... Skinner, if the argument for Skinner is, well, he, you know, he hasn't had game action in a while. Is he going to be up to speed and all that? Do you want him sitting all the way till Thursday? So I think I can see both sides of that coin. I think I would go back to, uh, ooh, I think I'd go back to Stu. Stu, and then like you said, I, I like the point. You convinced me. Campbell on Thursday against a Lightning team that he uh, has already beaten this season. Uh, so those are our first two big things for that hockey game. And the third one, Liam, is... The reason my voice is so raspy, we just had such a good damn time down there in Vegas. There is nothing better than just being around that arena, seeing all the Oilers fans. I went back and I rewatched a good chunk of the game uh, this morning. And like that first goal, Yanmark scores and the building, you can hear it on the broadcast, how loud it got. It was unbelievable. High-fiving Oilers fans, listening to Rick yell up in the upper section where we were sitting. The shame chant we had going, which I'll talk about in a second too. The shame chant we had going in the hallway after, like all of it was just so, so good. I love running into all the nation citizens, people who take in our content, the people who came on this trip, but also the people who didn't as well. It was just so much fun and I will never get tired of going out on the road with Oilers Nation and getting to meet everybody. Yeah, that was my first nation vacation. So I guess the first real taste of what the nation truly is like to everyone. And yeah, like even the yeah. watch party we had, like we had 50 people come on this trip and just through people hearing about it, like the entire bar was full and there was hundreds of Oilers fans just in that place alone. And then, yeah, in the game, like 
it was just awesome and the, the whole vibe outside of the arena to uh uh beer house i think it was called like yeah. it was just just a really cool place to be and just everyone was in such good spirits too and like you said like just everything about it like just kind of something you'll you'll remember for a long time that's for sure and thankfully the oilers got the win so just uh, put the cherry on top for everything too well yeah there's that too because like we don't get a lot of wins when we go on nation vacations. That was a running joke for a long time. Is like we go watch them on the road and they lose. Um, but man, it, it, they showed up on the ice for us too. Us, or Sergeant Battles had gotta love being forced out of the arena, arena. That was a funny thing because when that game is over, you are out, and they have like the security guards and the police officers like out now, and they were serious. Also, the other thing. The video that went kind of viral on our Instagram was a bunch of Oilers fans. And I wasn't there for this one, but a bunch of Oilers fans were in kind of the lobby chanting shame, right? And the comments, Mm. the comment section was just bananas of people being like, oh, classless Oilers fans, blah, 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 blah. But the joke behind all this is when you're in Vegas, that's something the Golden Knights crowd does to the visitors. So whenever the Oilers take a penalty, the crowd... All the Vegas fans will point at Oilers fans and point at the player in the box and yell, shame, shame, shame. So that was the joke. And I just saw people having little meltdowns in the comment being like, oh, yeah, hey, win one game and you need to do this. And it's like, no, that's part of going on the road and supporting your team is you have little bits like that and you give it back to the visitors. Because guess what? If the Oilers would have lost that game, Golden Knights fans would have been yelling shame at us. We just stole their bit. Cause we were in their barn. It was just a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait for the next one we do. AMA travel does such a good job setting all of this stuff up for us. The trip was more or less seamless and everything was just so, so good. And I can't wait for the next one. Nationgear.ca is when we go to Toronto. And man, if you think we were razzing Golden Knights fans, uh, you just wait until we decide to start giving it to Leafs fans when we are in Toronto as well. So um, a lot of good stuff on the Nation vacation. That is my third big thing. It's a big thank you to all the Nation citizens and Oilers fans who showed up down in Las Vegas. We had a hell of a time, as you can tell by the fact my voice is hanging on by a thread right now, Liam. Uh, but let's keep the conversation going. It's going to be a busy week on the show. And there are a lot of storylines that we're going to have to get to over the next couple of days. So much so that we're going to have our insider, Frank Saravalli, on the show tomorrow instead of on Wednesday. But here's the breakdown. Evander Kane met with doctors and he could be his return at some point this week. Tim Peel former NHL referee, tweeted that Evander Kane's going to be back on Tuesday. And if you remember, Tim Peel was the one who was kind of initially breaking the Evander Kane news when he was a free agent. So connect the dots there. If Tim Peel says he's coming back Tuesday, who else do you think is coming back, thinks he's coming back into the lineup on Tuesday, right? Um, But he still has to meet with doctors today. We've heard from a couple of reporters in Edmonton that today's the big hurdle, making sure he gets full medical clearance and that there's no chance anything can happen to make this worse but our friends at Oilers Access put out a tweet the other day about if he comes back here's what the Oilers need to do to activate him off of LTIR and look at this list this isn't like they just need to do one or two or three of these things they need to do all four of these things if they want to get cap compliant with Kane off of LTIR so 
the easy ones. Ryan Murray's going to LTIR. That's more or less a lock. He probably could have been on LTIR already. You need to send down DeHarnay and Nima Linen. You need to send down Devin Shore, which would require him going on waivers. And then you also need to send down a player making at least $1.125 million. So that is a couple of options. We kind of discussed, Liam, you're not doing Matthias Janmark. That guy's here to stay. So your no. options are Derek Ryan or Warren Fogel. Which one of those two would you pick? Uh, Warren Fogel. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty clear and caught. Like Derek Ryan, he's shown that he actually has some offense. Plays on the penalty kill too. Like he's just a reliable veteran guy. And for me, Fogel, maybe it can just be a bit of a wake-up call for him to, to go down to Bakersfield. And you know what? Kind of just hide away a little bit too and just get his game back rolling because he's a good NHL hockey player and he struggled a lot and that could be a guy that down the road if something else happens to someone else like he gets his stride back starts finding it back in net you call him back up and there he is again you get an NHL Warren Fogel but right now he's just just not there at the moment and I don't think it's fair to send down a Derek Ryan who yeah I get it he's like a 35 year old player and everything he's not going to bring it he can't play night in night out but when he does play, I think he does a pretty pretty good job of being in the, in the team. Yeah, and I think he fills a role that maybe they don't have, right? Having that right shot centerman, veteran guy who plays penalty kill and plays penalty kill pretty well, I think is the right play. Uh, Dayton says, I hope we can keep Vinny. He's clearly added a spark to the defense. He had a good game against the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Rusty says, as of right now, I would send down Shore, Nemo, and I don't know who to send down. Maybe Fogel. I think Ryan has been doing enough to stay in the lineup. Few of you guys are saying Warren Fogel as well, uh, but Flute is in and says, is it possible we see a trade this week. And Liam, I actually think it might be. The other side of this is Kyler Yamamoto wasn't on the ice today for the skate and he didn't play the last two games because he's nicked up. We don't know what's wrong with him, but what do we know about Yamamoto's injury history so far this year? He's been battling some upper body stuff this year and those kind of things, whether it's a head thing or whether it's a shoulder or a neck thing, because again, all we know is upper body. That's all the team says. No matter what it is, those are all injuries that can really nag on you throughout the course of a season, especially when you have to grind through a road trip like that. So he didn't play the back half of it. He hasn't played now since the 11th. If you go on LTIR, you need to miss, I think it's 20 days or close to it. So if you think Warren, or if you think Kyler Yamamoto is going to miss the next three weeks, two weeks even, maybe you just put Yamamoto on LTIR and then you can open up that or just put Yamamoto on IR. But either way, you can put someone on LTIR like Yamamoto and then you're good for the next little bit. And you've at least bought yourself until February with Evander Kane back in your lineup. And then that would also imagine allow you to keep all of Fogel and Ryan and them on the active roster. You'd be running a minimum roster or close to it, which is an ideal in this case that like, again, someone can't play last minute scratch all of a sudden you're running 17 guys. You don't have as much option or as many options, um, but maybe Yamamoto could find his way on LTIR and that solves some problems. But again, it's not a long-term solution. So I, I don't know. I think a trade might need to happen soon. And what's interesting, Liam, like Vinny DeHarnay, he was on the flight back. He was skating. Mm. So if you, if you as an organization are sitting there, okay, we have Nima Linen and DeHarnay on the roster. We know when Kane's back, no matter what other finagling we do, we probably can't keep them both on. 
you would imagine while you're down in California, you would have just said, Hey, Vinny, you're going back to, you're going back to Bakersfield. But they flew him up, which makes me think they believe they're going to keep him on the roster for a bit. You wouldn't fly him up if you're going to send him down tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I, well, I, I we didn't really know if he was going to get back on the plane or if he was just going to be there for the for the week to test things out. But to his credit, he played really, really well, and everything he he was in, he skates well. I thought he used his size to to his advantage. He was like mm-hmm. kind of tough in there too, like he did a lot of good things in that area. So it's a tough decision to make for the Oilers. But yeah, like maybe. You don't want to just keep kicking the can down the road, right? Eventually, you just want to kind of address the issue of the cap problem that they're in. And maybe that does just involve just kind of dumping a full goal, for example, and just trying to move on from that and just trying to give yourself a bit more flexibility so that when the, the trade deadline comes closer every day, of course, so then when that gets you're there, you, you have the ability to actually go out and make a trade and make this roster a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Deskra says we don't play a lot in the next 20 days anyways. So yeah, maybe you just sit there and you go, Hey, Gamo, you're not hundred percent. Whatever's nagging you is still a problem. That's an easy sell. If you don't play a lot over the next 20 days, you say, Hey man, get sorted out, get ready. He'd be doing the team a solid in that sense too, but get hundred percent ready, sit out for a little bit and then you'll be good to go. I, I would think that's the way this ends up going. I think that's the most likely outcome, um, but we'll see. The Oilers lines at practice today. This via our boy, Bob Stoffer, Nick David with Dreisaitl and Hyman loading up that top line, which I find interesting. Nuge, Costin, and Yanmark listed as line two. McLeod, Kane, and Fogel as line three. Holloway, Ryan, and Pugliarvi in number four. So, Again, that right there could be the lineup if Yamamoto's on waivers, or sorry, on LTIR. Yamamoto's not going on waivers. Yamamoto on LTIR, Derek Ryan on LTIR, and then we're getting pretty close to having this thing sorted out here. So we'll see how it ends up playing out. But what do you think about keeping McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman together, loading up that top line, and then using the Nuge line as basically your second line? Yeah, I mean, that Nuge line is, has been buzzing, so... Like, like they got two goals the other night, right? And then, but the Drysdale, McDavid, mm-hmm. and Hyman line played qu- played quite a bit more than I thought they were going to. To be honest, in Vegas, like it's hard to say. I guess when they have this this eleven and seven lineup, there's so much flexibility to it. But I think it just gives the others maximum opportunity to actually go and get goals. And it's nice that that second line is producing as well. And then there's a lineup there. Kane Kane coming back could have a big effect on that third line. I'm a little surprised. Poyavi's on the fourth line over Fogel, to be honest. I actually think Poyavi's been playing decent as of late. Like I said, he got that goal yeah. against San Jose. So, yeah, I, I like the lines overall, but I could see them definitely just getting put in a blender before the game gets going on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Tyler says maybe 11 and 7 with Puyu in the press box. Yeah, I, but I think Poyavi's been playing a little bit better as of late, but you can just tell by by his usage. He, him and Holloway were the only two players to not hit at least 10 minutes in ice time in the last hockey game, I believe. So Woodcroft used him as the fourth line the other day and they won. So maybe that's where this is all coming from here. Um, I don't know if I love the idea of loading up Drysaddle, McDavid, and Hyman. Although I will say, if you have a trio like Nuge, Costin, and Yanmark that is playing this good, maybe you want to just milk as much as you can out of them. And then the other thing is... Maybe you want to ease Evander Kane back into the lineup. I wonder how good his shot will be early on. I think he needs a lot of 
I think he needs a lot of reps to get that thing back up to 100%. Even just chatting with him when he came by our office um, about how the nerve damage kind of worked in his arm. Like, it's going to be a hard road back. And maybe you don't want him playing 19 minutes a game right off the jump. Maybe you do want to ease him in, throw him on that fourth line with McLeod and Fogel. That's a line who can maybe get some offense going for you still. But you have a clear top six and a clear bottom six with this sort of line configuration that you can see here. And again, this is what they rolled with at practice with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, then the RNH, Yanmark, Costin line. So again, while they're hot, maybe you just want to play the ever-loving hell out of this top six and loading it up makes sense. It's also worth noting Evander Kane is not confirmed back in the lineup yet. And I do think if he's not in, they're probably just going to keep running 11-7 and seven with Vinny DeHarnay in the lineup. Just take Kane out of that configuration, Fogel and McLeod, and you're running an extra forward through that line. So we'll see. We'll have more insight tomorrow. Again, the latest update is that Evander Kane is going to meet with his doc or meet with doctors today, and they will go from there. Um, people were wondering about Stuart Skinner and his situation. The Oilers just tweeting, uh, baby Skinner is here. Chloe and Stuart Skinner welcomed a healthy baby boy named Bo on Saturday. So again, that would be why Stuart Skinner was not able to make the trip to Vegas to start the hockey game for the Oilers. And I like that they added this in weighing in at seven pounds, four ounces, seven and four. Stuart Skinner, number 74. Uh, so a neat little note there to pass along from the Edmonton Oilers. And they, again, Stuart Skinner is available. Picard has been sent back down. And we'll see what they do with the rest of that lineup going forward here. Uh, let's keep moving along here, Liam, and get into our bets for the day, courtesy of our friends at Betway. Yeah, it's uh, safe to say we've been doing a lot of betting over the last few days, Tyler, being down in Vegas. So today we'll get right back into the swing of it. And there's, uh, there's a lot of day games in the NHL right now. So there's a couple of games you couldn't, couldn't talk about. But I'm going to go with a little bit of good karma with Jason Robertson. So there was a picture that swirled around, I think it was yesterday or Saturday, that um, there was a, a team from Vancouver that came down for a tournament in Dallas and he stuck by after practice and said hello to every single kid, signed autographs, took pictures. So I'm going with a Jason Robinson goal for that. He's also banging him in this season, so that should be fine. It's plus 140. And then the New Jersey Devils are playing San Jose again. Three games in a row, New Jersey has hit the puck line while being on the road. So New Jersey plus 115 on the puck line and Robertson plus 140 anytime goal. That Robertson one seems good. The the Kings are maybe starting to leak a little bit more offense than they should bloom or whatever. Uh, Phoenix Copley is maybe starting to struggle. And I love, I love, love, love that Devils bet, Liam. That was one of my two plays. I'm also parlaying Eric Gustafson and JT Comfer on the shot props. Those two together is plus 135, and they're both set at one and a half. So it's a really, really nice spot. But the Devils, I'm with you, dude. I'm hammering that. Uh, you mentioned it's uh, Martin Luther King Day down in the States as well. So a holiday Monday for all of our American listeners. So a lot of hockey going on in the afternoon. Two games right now. Bruins are beating the wheels off the Philadelphia Flyers. 4 nothing in that hockey game. The Florida Panthers are up 2 nothing on the Buffalo Sabres as well. Uh, Florida trying to just keep any chance of a playoff hope alive. A couple of trade things that you all want me to talk about. So I'll, uh, I'll dig into that here. Um, Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast or the Jeff Merrick show. I'm not sure which one he said it on, um, but he said the Oilers and Bo Horvat could maybe be a fit. 
Well, let's take a look at that situation here. And we'll probably get into this a little bit deeper with Frank tomorrow. But Jim Rutherford had a media of held a media availability today in Vancouver. And he basically said, not basically, what he did say, this isn't going to be a rebuild. It's going to be a retool. We want to value prospects and bodies, guys who can play over first round picks, over draft picks. So what could that mean for the Oilers and a potential deal for Bo Horvat if they are indeed interested? Well, first off, $5.5 million this year on the cap hit. He'd be a guy who really settles you down, down the middle. Like I think when you're talking about maybe improving defense, through a five-man unit, Bo Horvat's a guy who probably does that. And I already see Lance. Do we need Horvat? If Jay Woodcroft wants to keep playing McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman on one line, yeah, you you need another centerman. Frank today also connected the Oilers to Jonathan Taves once again on Daily Faceoff Live. So they're being connected to these centermen. And even though, as Frank said, it's maybe not their priority, Priorities probably on the blue line as of right now. They're looking at the forwards. And uh, here's the quote from uh, from Jim Rutherford today about Bor Horvat because they did offer him a contract this year. Like they made an attempt at least. I don't know if it was a half-hearted attempt. That's kind of my read on the situation. But he said they made their best offer. He's had a career run and he's looking to make his money. He wants to cash in. The guy's scoring like crazy this year. How would we afford him? million cap hit is really hurdle number one. So if the Canucks are willing to retain half, maybe they also take back a guy like Warren Fogle if they're talking about wanting to get players who can play and Warren Fogle's 26. Maybe they want to take a shot on some sort of upside there, although I don't know if I necessarily buy that. And if they don't want picks, you're talking about parting ways with a high-end prospect. If you're the Oilers, would you move Borgo and Fogle? to get half a year of Bo Horvat? Are you convinced that makes you so much better in the short term that it's worth losing a guy like Borgo, who's off to a decent start in his pro career down in Bakersfield? I don't know if I want to go that far because again, I think Jonathan Taves could be had for picks and where the Oilers are right now. I'm not the biggest prospect hugger in the world. That's not my mindset with this team, but I think you need to really value Borgo, Schaefer, Holloway and Broberg because as you go through the next few seasons, you need guys who can jump into your lineup and make an impact on their ELCs. Holloway right now, yeah, okay, he's playing on the fourth line, but he's still making an impact on his ELC. Broberg is making an impact on his ELC and that makes your cap situation a lot easier. Going forward, you need more guys like that. But at the same time, the focus is on right now to some extent and that's why I'd be moving all the first round picks. Like just... The first, the second, send them right out the door. You have some decent prospects, like I just said, so you can go in and start trading some picks. So again, if Vancouver wants warm bodies, I don't necessarily know if there's a fit here. Yeah, I'm a little bit torn on it. Like people are asking, do we need a Bohova? I think when you can get a player of his skill, I think, yeah, you take that opportunity to grab someone like that. I get it. Like Vancouver is a division rival and everything, but... If I don't know, we obviously don't know what the price is set at or anything like that, but I don't think it's like out of the question that the Oilers should be in on Bo Horvat. But then, like you said, the Jonathan Taves thing is interesting too because that's just kind of picks. So you're you're trading away picks and you don't even know where they're going to be, right? At least with the players, you have some familiarity. So yeah, maybe that's the way I would go too. But just overall, yeah, if you can go out and get a Bo Horvat and the price is maybe like a Poyavi, maybe like a Raphael Lavoie. And then I don't know, maybe some defenseman the Oilers have somewhere on the on the roster. Like maybe that's not such a bad thing either. If the, obviously the money, like 
5.25 you said right that's not like hard yeah. to do for the oilers like it's not easy by any means but if you move a three million dollar player and you get maybe they retain a little bit like it's not all the question that this deal could definitely get done yeah um people are in there talking about tyson berry and i don't know i guess someone who i don't think is very well like i don't see any connection between him selling his house like tyson berry's been an important part of this team this year and if you think you're, if you think there's a connection between him selling his house and him being traded before the deadline, I got some oceanfront property in Saskatchewan to sell you, my guy, because they wouldn't go to Tyson Barry and be like, hey, Tyce, listen up, man, uh, we're moving you in the next month. So go ahead, sell that house. You're on your way out. Like that's, that's not how business works in the NHL. If this was the off season and Tyson Berry was doing it, maybe I'd be like, ah, yeah, okay. Maybe they told him like, hey, look, we're actively looking for some trades. But the only inclination we hear is that Tyson Berry, very valued in the room, first of all, a big part of this core, very well liked behind closed doors. And he's having a good season. Like he's having maybe probably his best defensive season as an Edmonton Oiler. So Peter says, Berry's passed to Yanmark. Wow. Yeah, like it's... <laughs> I can't believe I even gave this airtime. We're moving on. Um, I'm sorry. The other thing that we're hearing today from a credible source, that being Bob Stoffer, is maybe the Oilers have some interest in Ivan Provorov. And I, I think he said this on his show. So I don't have like a direct quote from Stoff or anything like that. But That'd be an interesting one. If you're talking about the Oilers maybe going out and getting someone who they view as a long-term piece on this blue line, Ivan Provorov would kind of fit that bill. He's under contract for two more seasons at $6.75 million, 26 years old, a D-man with presumably a lot of good hockey and his best years still in front of him. How you make the money work on an Ivan Provorov deal is difficult for me to wrap my head around because he's on the left side. So I don't think it's smart to sacrifice a right shot guy for him unless you're that high on Vinny DeHarnay after three NHL games. But even if you are, you don't want to go into a playoff run with Vinny DeHarnay as your three RD. He can be your seven. He can slide in if someone's hurt. I don't know if I love him as my three RD. Also, the package of prospects it would probably take to get Provorov and get him to a point where you could afford him going forward is also kind of hard to wrap your head around. I would imagine, again, if you're acquiring a 26-year-old left-shot D-man, Broberg's in that package. Okay, so Philly wants Broberg, probably a first-round pick in the mix as well, and then you need to make the money work. So does Philly have any interest in a Pugliarvi or a Fogel? That helps, but... I can't see Philly being willing to retain money on Ivan Provorov. Do they, they don't have any retained money transactions yet. Remember you have a limit to how many times you can retain money on a trade. So I don't know if that's necessarily the one um, you'd have to give them a lot of money. And I just don't see how that can necessarily work. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. Someone else said Travis Sanheim. He's more affordable this year, but I've heard Philly likes him at least more. And maybe Provorov. The other name we're hearing a lot about in Philly is Travis Konechny. Three more years at five and a half million dollars. Again, though, the money's just going to be hard. Like I talk about Jonathan Taves. He's an expiring deal, 10 million bucks. Okay, you're going to get that retained twice. Any contending team who's going to go get the guy is going to have that contract retained down twice. So 
with these guys with term, I just don't see teams being willing to retain. It's the same problem as Ekholm, Liam. Yeah, like it's tough, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure we would all like a 26-year-old defenseman like Provorov on this team. Like he's a very good player, but he's just that's such a difficult trade to actually try and make at this point yeah. in the season. Do the Oilers need to make that trade? Like, I just don't think they're there at the moment until I have to do that. Now, I just think, like you said, Tyler, like, that Jonathan Tasing, where you can, like, it's an expiring contract, but all that too. Like, those are the kind of guys the Oilers need to be looking yeah. at more than these defensemen with two or three years on a deal. And it's just not, it's just not something that feels feasible for this team that had, like, what is it, $160,000 left on the cap at one point in the season? Like, now you want them to go and get this guy? Like, just a, it's a tough thing to do. Seems like a lot. It, it does seem like a stretch. Uh, we are going to have our guy Frank Saravalli on the show tomorrow. Um, his appearances, as always, brought to you by Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca. They've been one of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the last 20 years, and they are here to help you out. So if you head to their website, starmechanical.ca, you can get more info there, and you can also give them a call. Um, Frank, tomorrow, short for giant game day tomorrow as well, Liam. So it's Oilers, it's Kraken. The Kraken have won eight hockey games in a row can someone beat the seattle kraken i think it might be time they're also playing today so it'll be the second of back-to-backs after a meeting against the tampa bay lightning i i'm very intrigued by tomorrow night's matchup between the oilers and the kraken we will talk about that and a lot more on a sherwood ford giant game day edition of the show on tuesday bison mask guy says tyler did you party too hard in vegas the voice crackles yeah I'm honestly, I'll pat myself on the back. I can't believe we made it 40 minutes through a show, Liam. <laughs> yeah, there was. A, I didn't think we'd go this long, Tyler, but we did it. We did it. We came back after a good weekend, and it was again. Thanks for everyone that came on the trip, and thanks for everyone that tuned into the show today. I hope you somewhat enjoyed it. That was a little bit different today, but it was it was good. We'll be back in full spirits tomorrow. Yeah, we will be back in full force tomorrow with Jay and all of our usual cast of characters. Uh, thanks for tuning in today on the Nation Network YouTube. If you miss a show, we are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Captain Felton says, work is rough today. We feel you, big guy. I'm sure everyone that was on that Nation vacation for AMA travel is feeling it today as well. Enjoy your Monday. Tomorrow, game day. We'll chat then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.